I like to say that God used my ignorance because I never planned to come to La Limonada. It wasn't my intention, nor did I prepare for it. I remember walking those little alleys and seeing people and thinking, I was there. I was like that. I know the way to get out of there. And that is also what made me stay there. I think there are people that see it like a cup filled with evil and darkness. But I see it like a place where God is very tangible. I can touch God and feel how He is there. It's a beautiful place. I could sit at the edge of La Limonada and, and all I smell is hope and I like it. When I started coming here, it was hard. I had already been here six or seven years working with, with people in general, but mostly with gang members. Almost every week there was a funeral. A gang member would kill someone from this gang. Then someone from this gang would retaliate. There was no end in sight. Almost every week there was a funeral. It was very tough and very intense. I prayed to God and said, Lord, I need to prevent all this and not just have to heal it. That's when God gave me the idea of the school. It's hard to miss La Escuelita. The red building stands out in a community filled with gray cinder block as a symbolic testimony to the life it brings to the community. just over a decade ago uh, that I first met Tita uh, through a connection of another pastor, planter, friend of mine. Uh, and it's been a decade of uh, just over 10 years of watching you in ministry and getting to be a part of your ministry. Um, you gave, you've given many things over the years, Tita. Uh, you gave my family's little car, I don't remember if you remember this, back in 2014. Um, and I've kept it on my desk ever since. And you say a little thing about me and my family, which I appreciate. But then you said this, open the mouth for the poor in the cause of all such as are left desolate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and minister justice to the poor and needy. From Proverbs 31. That's what you do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's my prayer to be that I can be Jesus for in the world, like for these people and wherever I go. 
that's what I want to be, Jesus. Um, sometimes uh, all what people can read in the Bible is our testimony, our lives. When they see us, they they can perceive what Christ looked like. Uh, let me tell you this. Thank you for being that and doing that uh, in some, from like I said, from our perspective, a very dark and difficult place. I know you don't see it as that, at least anymore, um, but thank you for your presence and your ministry and how well you represent Jesus to people that the rest of the world has forgotten about and would rather not even acknowledge their existence. Um, you all are in the presence um, of Christ this morning. Not just because I'm here. Just kidding. <laughs> because of this woman right here. Um, and there's, there's going to be some, there's a video, just kind of play this next little clip and just let it roll through. And then I'm going to take charge, just clicking through some pictures, just to give you the, the, the visual of what is called La Limonada, the largest urban slum in Central America outside of Brazil. A mile long, less than half a mile wide, some 70,000 people, 60,000 60, people uh, live there. Majority of them are children. Uh, that goes go through uh, horrific things oftentimes. So um, I'm excited for you to get to hear from Tita. Those, some of you know her pretty well. Uh, others of you are just getting a glimpse uh, this morning. Um, and so can we just have some conversations and, and yes, fill okay. us in? Tell us a little bit about the area that's called La Limonada. It's a slum. Um, the houses are very packed together and it has 10 or 11 different neighborhoods and each neighborhood has his own gang so there are borders in the community that's why we have almost five schools in one in different neighborhood to reach the kids it it probably it's 45,000 kids in that area and um um, people is happy. People is happy. Uh, they don't have they don't have much, but they they are happy. And you know, to be able to have hope, you have first to be hopeless. Mm. Like if you're not hopeless, th there's no reason to to have hope. So people there have. hope hope so much hope um the book of james says that god has chosen the poor to be rich in faith mm -hmm. and i have witnessed that so tita there's 10 neighborhoods in this area right mm -hmm. each run by their own gang some just local extortions thieves some ms13 18th street gang that are more uh national and worldwide it's not safe nor always possible for kids in one neighborhood to go across in other neighborhoods, right? No. Very dangerous? It's very dangerous for kids and people in general. They don't cross. Sometimes I'm walking with somebody and when we hit the, when we hit the border, the people say, okay, bye, Sister Tita, and see you tomorrow. And I can keep walking, and, but they can't cross the neighborhood. 
um, some people can cross it because they have family in both sides, but not many people. So you found favor to be able to go. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are friends. Actually, we work with kids. Our mission is children and prevention. That's our, our major vision. But we also work with the gang members and uh, all of them, most of them, um, we're friends. Yeah. So when you started, like the, the, the school when the video played La Escuela, this, the one school, mm -hmm. you had one school and there's 10 neighborhoods. And that wasn't that long ago. And now you have how many schools? Almost five. Almost the fifth five. one is going to be open in February or March. And they're all named after citrus fruit. Yes. Right? So the first one was what? Limon. Which means? Uh, lime for you. Yeah, you thought it was lemon, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Gringos. <laughs> What's the second one? Uh, lime. No, no, no. Mandarina. 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 Okay, which is? Mandarin. <laughs> Mandarin. The third one was what? Uh, lime and then toronja. Toronja. The lime, it's limon for you. <laughs> um, and there's Lima, the Lima Academy. Yeah. That was the fourth one, correct? Uh, that was the fourth the one. The fourth one. And, and that's... The four, the, no, the third that one. That was the third the one. The fourth one is uh, toronja, grapefruit. Okay. So the third one, Lima, that's the one that we... Really support, helped yeah. support and purchase and everything. We call it our school. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to rename it yeah. Flipside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so now you're on the precipice of the fifth one. Did you ever think that it would be five right now like this? This is amazing. I never thought that all this was going to happen. I was just walking with Jesus one, one step at a time. Um, sometimes not even one day at a time, but one minute at a time. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what happened. Yeah. There is a scripture in um, Mark 3. I think I have shared this with you, but I'm going to say it again. Mark 3. Um... um 13, mm -hmm. please. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to read it? Yes, please. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. What else? He appointed 12, designating them apostles, that they might be with him. I, there. He called them that they may be with him. Mm -hmm. It's all, and then it says the rest... Yeah, um, designating them apostles, they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons. Uh, they are the 12 appointed. Okay. Names them all. But the first thing, it was to be with him. Mm -hmm. So everything is going to happen after you be with him. Mm -hmm. That's the very first thing he, um, he died for in the cross for us, to be with us. Mm -hmm. So it's not what we do, but to know him better. Then when you know him, you know what he wants. So Tita, 
tell us a little bit about um, the people there, what their needs are, and what it's like uh, in the life of a child. Um, with all respect and love that I have for them, um, it's a hard life for the kids, um, very insecure. Um, around 80% of our kids have been abused. That's why we have psychologists. Um, they are very neglected uh, by their parents. And um, it's, it's hard. We feed them for the morning shift breakfast and for the afternoon shift lunch. And it's the only meal they are going to have for sure. Um, so when they don't come Saturday and Sunday and all December, our hearts are very heavy because we don't know what what's going to happen with them. Um, uh, it, it's it's a hard life. It's it's a very unfair life. It's nothing wrong with poverty, but it's the injustice. What is not right. Yeah, and it's not as though these kids—they're in, in this ravine called La Limonada. Guatemala City is a big city, yes. And there's some very wealthy people in Guatemala City, mm-hmm. um, but it's not like people in La Limonada can go outside La Limonada for many resources or jobs, or they're—they're they're somewhat shunned as the pariah, the the people that the rest of the their own countrymen don't. Don't pay attention to right. No, they. By the way, they are. If if you know if you know La Limonada, you the thing one thing you know is that you don't go there, which is wise. I mean, you can go there with any people of our team or with me, but if you go there by yourself, you're not gonna make it. Well, that's not yeah. true because I went there once without you before I met you. When? <laughs> the, 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 the trip I met you, we traveled into Limonada. Uh-huh. And with, matter of fact, the taxi driver said he's not going down. He dropped us off up at the top. Uh-huh. And we walked down into it ourselves. Um, <laughs> ah, you know, what are they going to do? Send me to heaven? Uh, and so we walked around a little bit and got some strange looks and whatnot and just had, yeah. yeah. So sorry. I won't do it again. I might. Yeah, you. Now they know you. Now they know <laughs> now me. They know yeah. Me. Now I understand what you're saying because the, the own, their own people won't go down into Limanon. No, no, and they are very neglected. And um, if they, most of the time, uh, sometimes there are exceptions, but most of the time, if you give your address from La Limonada, you will not get a job. And there's no social services. That's not a thing for okay. the people there. They're on their own. And so in the schools, you had this moment where you were visiting people in the hospital uh, and you thought, God, I can't try to fix it, like, like repair. I have to prevent it, right? And so that gave birth to these schools. Yes. So what, um, what do the academies do in the lives of these children? Okay, we... The major thing is 
Christ-centered. Like any of what we do will make sense without Christ. So we want to make the eternal difference in them through salvation, restoration, renovation. And um, we, the kid will come in, wash their hands, have a, a vitamin, have a meal, and then devotional every single day. Uh, they receive um, um, formation Christiana, uh, Christian formation, probably, by, uh, taught by a chaplain, and um, math and language, uh, art class, and um, reading time and playing time. They have all of that during the week. And um, they have fruit, vegetables, meat, and, and carbs. Um, we try to give them a very good nutrition meal, uh, complete, as complete as it can be. And um, uh, they are loved. They are cared for. Um, before, when I first get there, they even don't didn't knew their last name. They didn't knew their birth date. Now they will tell you, like, Sister Tita, next week it's going to be my birthday because we celebrate their birthdays. And... Um, uh, so many people didn't have birth certificate, and that's something that we have done for them. Um, th that's justice right there. Yeah, they deserve it. Yeah. Tito, um, so if they're receiving food, nutrition, Bible, counseling, therapy, art, math, English in the academies, what is their, what's their life like in the absence of the academies? Where do they get any of that? Oh, they will not get any of that. And so who's, whose fault is it? Mm, whose fault? Oh, that's a good question. I think the society... It's a one time, um, I'm going to say something. We have parenting school too, because working with the kids, it was like having an airplane with one wing. So we have parenting school once a month. One time, there was this kid crying and crying and screaming and screaming and, um, I tried to go inside the house and the house was locked. And then the mom was coming and the kid has had been crying for two hours, more than two hours. And when I went inside, it was around two, less than two years old, little girl, all wet, step in water and like, so bad and I couldn't stand seeing that and I run to this academy and I start crying and um, 
somebody hugged me and said, I know, I know, but I felt that Christ was telling me, I knew about this. Mm -hmm. I knew, I knew. And then I, I could see the church in four, uh, trapped in four, uh, walls. And I can see the, so many cases like this little kid that God can, can see what it's going on. And uh, I don't know what it hurts for me the, the most if the church trapped, I mean, the light, the hope, the salt, the, the light in this world, or to see this little kid. Um, being abused um, she and her siblings were abused by sexual abuse by their father by the father two uh, two three four and five years old they were all together and that, that's not uncommon in limonada correct no that's common that's common yeah that's the life that most of these kids live Yes, it's a lot of, of promiscuity because they have one house and in the house is one room and sometimes they just have one bed and everybody sleeps in that bed. And most of the time, the abuser is a family member. Yeah, Most of the abuser is a family member. You call it promiscuity. I call it something else, Tita. Promiscuity is what a high school kid might do with each other on a date on the prom. What happens there with children is something in my book that's different than promiscuity. Um, <laughs> and to think that that's common life for the children is... It's almost, Tita, like it's so profound and big and evil uh, it's hard for my brain to process how that goes on um, I have great empathy for the child not so much for the adults um, and it seems like it's so big and pervasive like how does it how does it end how does how does how does goodness come? Like, why would you give your life to investing in that? How can I not? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to be there and witness all of that, but knowing God and knowing what He has done in my life and not do something for them. That will be, the Bible says that when you know how to do the good and you don't do it, it's a sin. And I mean, for me, it's hard to be there present every day. You, ha you have no idea how damaged my heart is, but will be harder to not do anything for them. So you willingly enter into the pain of other people where it might be easier to turn your back and walk away. 
but before God, you can't allow yourself to do that. No, I think I was, I lived in darkness before and like hate, abuse, um, evil. I lived there and through Jesus Christ, I was passed to this loving forgiveness and uh, beautiful light world. So into darkness to light. But I think he, after he put light on me, he sent me back to that dark world to be a light and to be hope. So Tita, will you kind of pull the curtain back for us and tell us one of the stories that absolutely destroyed your heart about one of these kids this and is- then tell us one of the stories that makes you celebrate. Mm, the sexual abuse, uh, knowing knowing the the children uh, being abused is it's even a, an adult. That's something that we cannot stand. Um, probably three years ago. There was two kids from the academy, one of the academies, that was sexual abusing um, three other kids. One was eight, one was nine, and the other one was eight months old. And um, uh, they they were um, threatening them. If you say something, we they show them the pistol. And um, uh, the, they went to a church service, and the, the teacher said, uh, let's pray for any need you have. And this little girl, she was eight, I think, um, and uh, she started crying and crying and crying. And the teacher said, God told me that whatever you're crying for, you should tell your mom. Mm. So she let her, the mom know, and the mom called Sophie, Mm. uh, and let her know what was going on. And, uh, they were, Sophie take care of, uh, go through the process in psychologists through this, and they are so happy and, well, this, this was three years ago. So through the, they went through the process and now they are so happy. They are, uh, healed. They are normal people. Mm-hmm. And, um, Dulce is her name. She says, I want to share my testimony to my friends. That way they, they can get rid of whatever they are crossing or when, when where they are living. How old was she? Right now, she's 11. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tia, tell us a story where you know it's, it's working. Like you look at the life and say, it works. And so many stories. It, it works. And you know, sometimes it takes, um, you know, um, Tanya, it took me 17 years, 17 years for her to love me, 
to be free to love me and to love Jesus and to trust Jesus. And there is another one, Salma. It took me 17 years, the same. Uh, she, one of the things that marked my life, she told me, thank you for teaching me how to love me and how to love my kids. Because she was abused by her father when she was nine years old. And she had a baby from her own father when she was 11 years old. And um, now she knows the Lord. She knows freedom. She knows. She used to tell me, oh, God is God for so many people, but not for me. I don't see God being God for me. But now she accepted. She's free to accept and receive God's love. Every time I talk to you and I go to Limonada and um, you see firsthand these kids <laughs> and you know that behind the pain of the kid is an abuser, that's a tough thing for me to get past. And the gang members that we meet, that um, that's a tough thing for me to get past, Dita. How do you love people like that? I know I don't sound very pastorly and all that, whatever. No, that's I don't normal. care. It's just that's as hard. Um, do you want to go to Matthew 23? 23? Yes, I better go to the Bible somewhere because I can't do it. Um, um, no, 24. Um, I have, I have been, had season, a specific one time. I was bitter. I was anger. I was in pain. I was really bad. And I read um, this part, Matthew 24. Can you read 10, 11, 12, and 13, please? At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Okay, the 12 says that because of the lack of... Say it again. Because the of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Okay. So when I read this, I felt that my love has grown cold and God is love. And as the, mom, as the moment I don't have love, I'm not going to have God. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to lose the battle. So then I start asking for healingness and forgiveness. And then I was able to see that's hard. I don't like to share this, but it's hard. I could see the abuser with God's eyes and comprehend that he became an abuser because he was abused. It's not that I accept or that I say that it's right, but God's desire is 
to save the kid and to save the abuser. And sometimes it's gonna happen, sometimes it's not gonna happen. But um, according to God's justice, everybody deserves and everybody needs to hear about God's love and healingness and redemption. And um, uh, uh, specifically, one time I heard I there was some kids abused and it was this man that you married, Cristobal, mm -hmm. he was the abuser. And um, uh, the, when I visit him the next day, uh, after not sleeping and having nightmares, um, I visit him. And as soon as I see like, we make eye contact, I feel like this mercy falling down, this, like, I don't know, I was, like, showered by by God's mercy and grace, and he says something like that, like, I have never, nobody ever told me about God like you just did. Mm. And things start to change. Mm. That's, that's why I'm continually amazed that you willingly put yourself in the midst of not just pain that people are going through, but in the midst of of evil so that you can be Jesus moved into the neighborhood. It amazes me, Tita. Um, amazes me too. <laughs> Trust me. Um, and I know that our time has just zipped right by. Um, but I need to ask you, what are, what, are, what, are, what are your greatest needs? What are the greatest needs there? Justice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to phrase it. <laughs> what are your greatest needs that we can help accomplish there? Okay, you can, because of your help last year, we were able to have social psychologists and clinical psychologists. The clinical psychologists will attend the kid and the social psychologists will attend the family. So the kid receive help and when he go back home, the the house the the his family has been um, attended by the psychologist and so every, it's walking hand by hand with the family. That's huge. That's it's our first year that we have done that, and it's all because thanks to you. So we need that to keep on going with that. Yeah. Yeah. We need to keep going with those ministries, and especially with this yes. new academy that's opening. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's the first year that we have been giving social security uh, to all of the team. They are so thankful and so happy. Yeah, They have medical insurance and social security now, which they've never had before. Never. Yeah. So what can we do for you, Tita? Give. Give? <laughs> Pray. First, keep pray, and then give. And um, if I say pray, because if you heard from God, we all have something to share. We all have something to share. It's like God, we open our hands 
asking God for something, then we receive and we are not ready to receive more until we give back again. And then we will receive and then we will be back. It's like, you know, but we have to extend our hands to give back and then we will receive back again. Um, Rick, I'm going to ask you guys to come up as, as we wrap up with, with this. Our values at Flipside, see if, see if what Tita's doing in the academies don't hit every one of our values. We value irresistible grace. Giving grace to people that makes it irresistible to come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. They just can't resist Him because of the grace that's shown. Irrefutable love. Loving people in ways that it's irrefutable that that love doesn't come from God. Illogical faith. It just doesn't make sense. Like, why would you do that? Because faith propels. Irrational generosity. It's just irrational to think that one could give so much away and When people would say, well, you know, you have enough needs of yourself. Take care of yourself first. And it's irrational to think, no, no, no. God's kingdom first and and taking care of people first. He'll take care of you. The invisible kingdom. That there's a real kingdom. It's God's kingdom. That He's given us a charge to establish on earth as it exists in heaven. And if not us, who? Like we believe in an invisible kingdom that's more real than this physical world. And that's why we fight. And the infallibility of Scripture. Like this is God's Word. And every bit of it's true. And it's what propelled Tita to take this living Word into the darkest of dark places. And it's what makes her read it and say, well, if that's what it says, I guess I better do it. Do you see how what Tita is doing in the academies hits on every one of our values? It's the same heart. She is us. And those kids in Limonada are ours. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So there it is. We claim to walk in Him. we got to live like He does. Thank you so much uh, for being that visible example for me. All the glory belongs to God. And it's my honor. Trust me, it's my honor. So I told, I told you last week that I wasn't going to tell Tita of what we're trying to do, but at the end of the day, we all know 
that this other academy costs about $100,000. We have given away in the first 10 months of this year over 200000 to church planters, to missions, to evangelism, to outreach already. Be great to add another hundred grand to that. Already after last week, we're forty percent there. You sit amongst some very generous people. We're forty percent there. The sixty percent needs to come from you now. Now we're all a part of it. It's a real easy thing. Culminate on Christmas Eve, because like I said. The values through Tita and in Lemonade are our values. She is us and we're her and those kids are ours. You understand what I'm saying? Those kids, they're ours. And God's positioned us uniquely to have a role in their lives. Tita, can I pray for you? Join me in prayer, will you? Father, thank you.